0: Well, I invite you this morning to open your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Romans. And we're going to look at chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. How many of you want to experience increase and progress this year? Now, one person said this, that progress is impossible without change. And those who cannot change their mind cannot change anything. Change begins with the renewing of your mind. In Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, And I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That is our responsibility to do something with our body on a daily basis presented to him. And verse 2 and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You mark this down. When you live your life for Him, and present your body to Him as a living sacrifice, and you are serious about getting your mind renewed by the Word of God, you will discover and fulfill the perfect will of God for your life. God's thoughts are transforming. Philip says it like this, Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold, but let God remold your minds from within. And so the evidence then of a renewed mind is transformation and it is change. D.L. Moody said this, The Bible was not given to us to increase our knowledge but to change our lives. And so as we said last Sunday, let us embrace change, not resist change, but let us be open in our hearts to the changes that the head of the church is directing in our lives this year. Make the quality decision at the top of the year that this year is going to be different. I'm going to be changed, and I'm going to go from glory to glory. You see, God calls a decision before us in our lives. He, chooses, he gives us the uh, choice of life and death or blessing and cursing. You're a smart man or a smart woman when you choose life and when you choose the blessing. Now, we talked last week just a little while. Let me recap just a moment about the things that uh, cause people uh, not to change. Uh, And the first thing that causes people not to change is the fear of change, the fear of change. You know, if we're afraid to change, it'll never happen because change is a process And if people are not willing to get out of the boat or out of their comfort zone into the change zone, change will never take place. But I'm here to tell you this morning that it is possible to change because you have someone on the inside the mighty, precious Holy Spirit who is your helper, He is your guide, and He is your strengthener. In those moments that you feel weak and that you can't make it, He will come through with His standby power and strengthen you and pour His grace upon you to enable you to change. Amen. And uh, then, of course, you know, folks are... Some people are well. I'm. I'm not sure. I want to change. Bruce Barton said this. When you're through changing, you're through. <laughs> well, that's not us. No. And that's not you. And that's not me. We're not through changing. And then we talked about this fact that many uh, look at change and admitting change as some form of weakness. They have this attitude. I can handle this. I'm good. They don't want to admit their inability to change or their weakness to change. But I've discovered this, that it takes a strong person to look at themselves and admit that they need to change. Amen? And then let's go on to the next one. Many people do not want to change because they don't want to see things unsettled in their lives. They're so comfortable with the way things are. But I'm telling you today that to change, sometimes you've got to stir some things up in order to initiate change in your life. And so we've got the power to change because we have the power from on high. But one thing we need to stop for certain is stop making excuses. Now, a clear example of this is over in John chapter 5, verses 2 through 8. And I want to read that this morning, and I want to show you that a man that was bound for many, many years was the reason why, because he was making excuses. In John chapter 2, and notice with me in verse 5 through 8, and I'll start there. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Verse 2 says, Now there was at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, of halt, of wither, uh, and withered. And what were they waiting for? They were waiting for the moving of the water. In other words, they were waiting for something to move, something to happen. Because an angel went down in a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever <laughs> then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatever disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity, how many years? 38 years. 38 years is a long time. long time. Now I'll just do a little side journey right here. If you've been dealing with something that's chronic, that's been on your life and in your life for years and years, don't you dare lose hope. Amen. Because the head of the church... Has got you. And the head of the church is on your side. And he's for you. And he can turn some things around. Amen. Amen. Somebody say amen. Amen. 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lie. And knew that he had been now a long time in that case. He said to him. Wilt thou be made whole? So we can see a principle from this. In order for change to take place, I must, you must, have a desire to change. I'm talking about possessing a strong desire to change. The question I have for you this morning is, how strong is your want to? Is your want to strong enough to fill in the blank? Is your want to... Strong enough to put those credit cards away? Is your want to strong enough to leave that girlfriend or to leave that boyfriend? Is your want to strong enough to put the Twinkies in the garbage? Is your, strong enough, is your want to strong enough to throw the computer away? Is your want to strong enough to get into the Word of God and get your faith built up so that your faith can overcome the challenges that this world is going to face this year? It's not a question of whether or not this nation will be challenged, or you will be challenged. The question is, when will we be challenged? So we must be prepared for the challenges instead of trying to get ready when the challenges come. Whatever is born of God overcometh the world. This is the victory. It overcomes the world, even our faith. How strong as you want to? Are you willing to do without doubt? Are you willing to close the door on the cares of this life? True. Are you willing to say, instead of, oh, I'm so worried, I'm so f- afraid, I'm so full of fear, I don't know what I'm going to do? Are you willing to change that and instead say, I call my mind clear. I call my life living without fear. I'm carefree, worry free. My Father cares for me. Amen. <laughs> Amen. How badly. Do you really want the changes that deep down on the inside of you, you know your father's dealing with you on? And every person, every person in this auditorium, I believe, has a desire to be changed. In verse 7, the important man said, Sir, I have no man. Mark it down right now. The man is not the key for us changing. The key for us to change is the Lord Jesus Christ. I've got no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. And so we see here the man is making excuses for not getting into the water. And as a result, his condition remained the same. Someone said many years ago, and I love this quote, they said this, that excuses are nails... Used to build a house of failure. Excuses are a major enemy to change. Look at your neighbor and say, No more excuses. No more excuses for me. No more excuses. Hallelujah. No more victim mentality. No more, you know, if if things would have happened this way or if things would have happened that way or if I would have been born into this family or if I would have been able to get that scholarship or if I'd have been able to get that job. Stop the madness. Stop the excuses and start speaking what your good, good father has said about you. Start declaring in the name of Jesus, my life matters. He has a purpose for me and I'm going to fulfill all of his good pleasure. Verse 8, so Jesus said unto him, rise, take up your bed and walk. What Jesus was saying to this man is change your posture, change your position. In other words, get up, get up. And in verse 9, notice this, read it with me. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. So, see, sometimes we need to change the things that we have become accustomed to. You know, Moses made excuses as to why he couldn't do what God told him to do. What held Moses back? Moses had feelings of inadequacy. He felt unqualified to do the job. He felt that he had too many weaknesses. His low esteem, he he had extremely low self-esteem. Well, the antidote for low self-esteem for you and I is, is to find out who we are in Christ Jesus. Knowing full well that we are not the rejected, but that we are the accepted in the beloved. And that through him, we can do all things. And that through him, we're able to run through a troop. And we're able to leap over a wall. Through him, we're able to take up our bed, change our position, and start walking by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. Say it with me in 2016. I'm a walking by faith, not by sight. So now locate the area in which you have become comfortable making excuses, and then make a decision to change. Now, the question I have for you this morning, as we break this down to some practical things that we can think about during the week, the question I have for you today is this, is are there any adjustments that you need to make in your life and are there some changes that you really sense in your heart that the Holy Spirit is leading you into and I think that we all can say yes yes and amen now here's one principle that we need to completely eliminate from our thinking we need to eliminate the fact that we've all failed we've all failed We've all set out to do some things and haven't been able to accomplish it. But today, I want to remind you what the Apostle Paul said in the book of Philippians, the third chapter. And I want you to look at that in verse 13, and notice with me in verse 14 as well. In Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13, he says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. In other words, Paul is saying, I haven't arrived. But he said, this one thing I'm going to do. And if there's one thing that you can do in this service today, forget those things which are behind. Let the past go. And start reaching unto those things which are before. There's some awesome things out ahead for you. There are some divine connections that are out in the future for you yeah. there's some miracles Thank waiting god. for you yeah. there's some grace that you have not yet accessed in your life waiting for you Amen. i'm telling you folks god has got a plan for your life Amen. And so instead of thinking about what you don't have and what you can't do and what hasn't happened, let that go and start looking and pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul said, I'm letting it go. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to press. Now, the word press denotes that there's pressure. You wouldn't have to press unless there was some pressure pressure there will be some pressures applied to your life when you set out to make changes in the name of jesus but paul said here's what i do i don't let the pressures press me down i rise up above the pressures and i press through those pressures and i reach forth under those things which are ahead oh thank you lord Isaiah chapter fifty-three or 43, look at this in verse 18 and 19. Isaiah 43, verse 18, verse 19. He tells us, remember not the former things. In other words, do not dwell on the past. Don't consider the things of old. What if Abraham had considered the deadness of Sarah's womb? What if Abraham had considered the great amount of time that had already passed? Abraham would not be known today as the father of many nations if he had let the passage of time hold him down or hold him back. Now notice verse 19. Behold, I'm going to do a new thing. Behold, I'll do a new thing. Now it'll spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way when there seems to be no way. When it seems like you'll never get dead free, he'll make a way. When it seems like you'll never be able to overcome that sin or that habit, he makes a way. He said, I will make a way right in the middle of the wilderness and in the desert. Hallelujah. And so what I'm saying to you this morning, I believe what the Holy Spirit is saying is this, is forget the past and let God do something new with you this year. Let him do something new. See, We'll not move forward doing the same things we did last year that hindered our lives. Here's some ideas. Let's just look at a few things this morning. What about habits? What about those things that uh, that you have in your life that are habitual that don't benefit you, but they subtract the life of God from you? Could be a sin. It could be a habit. I'm telling you this morning that you need to get God involved in that situation. We need to do whatever we need to do in the natural. So that God can add his super to our natural. Amen? Do what you can do in the natural... And when you do what you can do in the natural, it opens up the door for him to add his super to your natural. Supernatural. What about those things that have hindered your lives? What about relationships? Do you have any toxic relationships that need to change? Are there relationships in your life that quite frankly, are just literally draining you. They're not adding or putting anything into you, but they are literally draining you of spiritual strength, draining you of mental Mm -hmm. net worth, and almost to the point where it drains you physically. Toxic relationships can be relationships uh, with the opposite sex. Toxic relationships can be relationships with other people that are just so negative all the time. I mean, all they see is gray skies. All they can see is the economy being so poor. All they can see and all they can talk about is all of their aches and their pains. It's toxic. It doesn't do anything for you to be around people like that in close fellowship. Amen. Now, I'm not telling you to be unkind. I'm not telling you to be unfriendly. But you need to guard your spirit. In Proverbs 4.23, it says this, that we are to protect our spirit with all diligence because out of our spiritual life flows the issues of life. Amen. So, you need to guard then who you let into your inner circle. The number one person that should be in your inner circle is your mate. Mm -hmm. So, guard yourself from toxic relationships. What about this one? What about debts? Ask yourself, what can you do to work towards paying those debts off? What can I do? What needs to change in my life? Do I need to establish a budget? Do I need to lay those credit cards aside? You know, I, I came out of drug addiction, and you know my testimony, and one of the things that I had to do was to guard where I went after I got clean and sober. I could not hang around the same old friends. Amen. Amen. I couldn't drive by their house. I couldn't go in the neighborhood where they were at because I know knew what was happening in the hood. And what was happening in the hood wasn't good. <laughs> it wasn't good in the hood. And so, you know, that's one testimony, but there's other testimonies. You might have to stay away from them all for a while. And that just goes over huge. What can you do about your debts? You know, every year we run something called Financial Peace University here. Dave Ramsey does a tremendous job with that, and Ingrid Robinson does a tremendous job with that. It enables you to get rid of your debts one at a time. How many of you have been through Dave Ramsey's uh, Financial Peace University? There are several of you have. The next thing is health. How many of you know your health is important? Your health is important to God. Your health is important to being able to run your race and to finish your course. Mm -hmm. Is it not? And we need to understand, listen, that our bodies do really not belong to ourselves. Our bodies belong to him. In 1 Corinthians 6, he says, you're not your own, but you are bought with a price. And therefore, he says, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which belong to God. So health issues are extremely, extremely important. And there are so many Christians that are foolish with their health. Well, I'm confessing the word. I've had hands laid on me 350,000 times. And I just believe in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That I have no more diabetes. Glory to God. I thank you, Lord, that I'm free from diabetes. You need to do that. Amen. But you also may need to cut off sugar. You also may need to keep your appointments with your doctor, Mm -hmm. right? You need to do what's natural so that he can add his super to your natural. Health issues are extremely important. I've had to take care of several health issues throughout the course of my life and throughout the course of my ministry. And you know what? I'm glad that I did. I'm glad that I did not just ignore what was happening in my body and just say, well, I'm going to faith it. I know a lot of people that have faithed it when in reality they were foolishing it. And they're not here today because they didn't use the wisdom that they needed to operate and to function in their lives. Amen. So, health issues. In 2016, do what you've got to do. Go where you've got to go. And, and don't get so extreme that you think, you know, well, I need to lose 100 pounds. I need to lose it by next month. It ain't going to happen. It's just not going to happen. But you could lose a half a pound a week. And in 52 weeks, that's over 25 pounds a year. You can do it little at a time. You know, we live right now in this, Month of January, everybody... I mean, I was in the gym in December, and it was skinny, man. I mean, <laughs> hardly anybody there. I was there yesterday. It was jam-packed. <laughs> man, this is a paradise. The health food, health club industry feeds billions of dollars in the economy in the United States of America. But it is a proven fact that when people start out in January with all these resolutions and revolutions. They do it by January 3rd. By the end of January, they break those revolutions. See, revolutions and resolutions apart from the Spirit of God and His help, oh, you might as well just forget it. But if you can get Him involved to help you, come on, somebody, if you can get Him involved to help you change and get Him involved in it, I'm telling you what, it will happen. Go on the spirit-led diet. Well, today I'm led to eat a whole pizza. Well, better try that spirit. Health. Everyone say health. So here's the question. Is there anything the doctors are telling you to do that you're not doing? And I'm not talking about not being led to do. I'm talking about fearful to do. The next one is dreams. Dreams. How many of you have a dream? How many of you have a vision? So the question is, is what can we do then to move towards them? Anybody ever let their dreams fall by the wayside before? I believe that this time of year is to change our focus and to refocus. You know, in Psalms he says this, all the days of your life were ordained by God. Jeremiah said it like this, that he has a plan with a hope and a future for you. Now here's an important point. If our lives are so busy that we are not able to focus on his plan for our lives. We are just flat too busy. You see, having a vision, having a dream, and being able to focus on that and get rid of all the distractions will empower you. It will energize you. Instead of dreading Monday morning, you look at Monday as glory to God. This is the day the Lord has made. Mark Twain said this, the two most important days in our lives are the day we were born and the day we found out why. So we have to ask ourselves these questions. I'm including me in this. What am I doing That I should not be doing? What am I doing that I shouldn't be doing? Secondly, what am I doing that I should be doing? What am I doing that I should not be doing? And what am I not doing that I should be doing? And then begin to take the steps in the right direction. And I encourage you this morning to do it today. Because now is the day of your salvation. Now is the day of your deliverance. Here's some things that you can do and I can do this year, even this morning. How many of have ever heard the song, I have decided? Amen. To who? Follow. I have de- decided to follow Jesus. And I think one of the phrases is there. No turning back. No turning back. back. I have decided. Change happens as a result of quality decisions. And here's three decisions I want to encourage us to make right before we receive communion. Number one, I have decided to make the most of this year. I've decided to make the most of this year. Ephesians says we are to be careful how we live, not be unwise, but we are to operate in wisdom, that we are are to make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. If this is your sincere prayer, just put your hands over your heart or put your microphone back on. Or lift your hands up and say, I have decided to make the most of 2016. To make the most of every God-ordained opportunity that comes my way. The second I have decided is this. I have decided to get rid of all distractions. I have decided to get rid of all distractions. Distractions will get in your way of your relationship with the Lord. Hebrews said it like this. We're surrounded with such a great cloud of witnesses. We're to throw everything that hinders us to the side and the sin which so easily entangles us. And we are to run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us. Looking unto Jesus. Looking away from everything that would distract. Raise your hands and say this with me. I have decided decided to get rid rid of all distractions. distractions. I lay aside aside every weight weight and the sin. And And I look unto you, Jesus. Jesus. For you are the author author and and the finisher of my life. And lastly, I have decided, I have decided to prioritize the presence of Jesus Christ in my life. I've decided that this is a top priority. His word, prayer, fellowship, community, worship, all of those things, I make those a priority. The presence of Christ in my life. And Philippians says it like this. But whatever things were gained to me. Now I just consider them as loss. Yeah, that's right. for, the for the cause and the sake of Jesus Christ. Raise your hands and pray this with me. Lord God. Lord I, I, decide I, I decide. To prioritize. To prioritize your, presence your presence. In my life. May your anointing rise up big within me. As I draw near to you, I fully expect you to draw near to me. I'll be in the Word. I'll be in prayer. I'll be in praise. I'll be in worship. And my life shall be changed.